Hello and welcome to the Nexus Talks podcast. Here at Nexus, we delve into the experiences and insights from specialists and thought leaders within the creative, tech and digital industries across the globe. At Nexus, we speak freely and touch on the topics that often go unspoken. How are you? Yeah, all all good, all good. Uh, It's been... I keep saying it's been a crazy time. It's been a crazy year. Uh, the company's growing really quickly. Someone back-to-back calls doing everything all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's all exciting. Oh, that's so good to hear, though. It's good to be that kind of busy, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the right kind of busy because um, we're basically we've grown to a point where we can't accept any more business. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting uh, time for the company. Oh, that's so amazing. Congratulations, obviously. That sounds so brilliant. Um, I'm so excited to learn about the concept and how this even popped into your head. But before I do, can you tell us a bit about yourself, please? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name's Christian. I'm the founder of Audiomob. Um, we basically we produce non-intrusive audio ads in games. So you can listen to an audio ad and keep playing the game rather than getting blocked with a video. Um, I am, well, not, not 30 yet, got full state under 30, so I'm 29. Um, uh, team is currently a team of uh, 15. Um, I grew up in London. I love to break dance, eat cake, and I love gaming and, um, and producing hip hop and jazz music. Bit sporadic, but yeah, that, that's, that's a bit about me. I love that though. I think that everyone knows that someone could have one kind of profession, but they're also really good at doing something else. I love it because I actually saw that um, we were doing research and I was like, how did the music thing and the dance thing come into that? Like, I love it. Yeah. I also uh, found out that you went to Kingston University. Mm-hmm. I went- yeah, yeah. So, yeah, went, went to Kingston. Absolutely loved it there. Um, Considering, you know, I've worked at global companies like Google and Facebook who kind of champion diverse environments, I think Kingston University was the most diverse environment I've ever been in. It was great. Yeah, same for me. I went to Kingston as well. Um, and before Kingston, I was like one of the 10 ethnic people in my sixth form. So when I went to Kingston, I was like, wow. Like, it was my first time to meet other Egyptians, but never in my life met any other Egyptians. So I completely agree with the diversity thing. Got it, yeah. So... I am not a gaming expert. I used to play a little bit like with computers, went into everyone's household. I used to play like all the Disney-like games stuff, but I've never been a gamer. But my brother, my cousin, obsessed. So I know how crazy it is when ads get involved and how like rage can kick in. So tell me a bit more about what it is that you do. Because I know you said it's an audio uh, form of like advertising. So tell me a bit more about the concept. Yeah, so... When you get a like a mobile game, yeah. uh, use a mobile app. Are you familiar with those video ads that you see? Um, in a, in a yeah. So um, everyone on this call, no one really likes video ads. We know it, but it's a mm-hmm. good income for a uh, we call them publishers. So like an app developer or something. So whether it's the game publisher or the developer of a, a dating app or something, they use these videos to get money, even though they know it's annoying for the user, but yeah. necessary evil for using a like an app for free, right? Mm. So what we what we've done is we've created the foundation for the whole industry where an audio ad can be passed from an advertiser into a game where the user can keep playing the game and the audio ad can play in the background with the option for uh, the user to either click through because there's a little banner at the bottom. Yeah. 
um, or we provide an option to mute the ad if it's not, um, you know, if it's not, uh, I wouldn't say applicable because they're usually applicable, but if the user doesn't want to listen to that ad at that point in time, they could choose to mute it or, you know, X the ad. So it's like a user-centric way to monetize them rather than annoy them with the video ads. And I would believe that's why we've grown so quickly because they're preferred to, uh, to video. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, but I, I play like Solitaire on my phone and mm. I'm going to pay for the app. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I get ads between every single, like halfway through the game as well. So I know it's really annoying. So how did, who came, like, I want to know more about how you came up with this. What happened? <laughs> so I'll give you the shorter version of the story because it was a long time in the, uh, in the mating. But um, I all got some background so at google uh, i managed around 100 million dollars for the company uh, as a strategist so big clients would come to me to figure out how to increase the return on their uh, ad spend to make more money yeah uh at facebook i was a science partner so this is using the most advanced measurement techniques to figure out how ads were uh, influencing people to buy things or influence them in general it sounds creepy it's one <laughs> So it was like, a, like an engineering role. So I went from a sales strategist to like a scientist, basically. Uh, so that was a really interesting uh, phase in my career. And throughout my whole career, I've always developed my own uh, mobile game. So a massive gamer. Um, yeah, I love Battlefield, Call of Duty, first-person shooters, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I started developing my own uh, mobile games and started teaching myself to make them. Mm. And um, I really like uh, Jay Diller, Mad Lib really chilled out jazz influenced hip-hop and since I was 14 um, I've always developed my own music not so much these days I only usually do it around you know Christmas time really when I've got some time off and the world shuts down but um, <laughs> yeah love it I mean it was at the point where when going to Kingston I was like I'm going to do a business studies degree or I'm going to do a music technology degree so I love music and um, I was really trying to figure out a way to combine passions which is gaming and music so I started making games uh, and then I started looking at the music industry and all of them really wanted to, you know, get the music into games. So I'm like, hmm, why don't I make chilled out games to promote the hip hop and jazz uh, music producers that I listen to? And every single artist, and I spoke to, I think, over 130 of them, they all wanted to get the music in the games. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I need to figure out a way of monetizing this because I alone can't just make a thousand different games to sustain the uh, discovery these artists need. Mm -hmm. Um, I met my co-founder and mate, uh, he's now the CEO of a company, uh, Wilfred, at Google. He's an ex-engineer uh, of Google, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. So when I found out his experience, I'm like, okay, I'm going to let him into this little project because this is amazing. <laughs> really, really early. And I thought we were going to leave, um, you know, our companies to start a game studio that streams music. Um, and then we started figuring out, okay, you can get an audio ad into Spotify. So surely you can get it into gaming. And that's how we're going to monetize our games. And um, it didn't exist. Well, and when we looking at why it didn't exist, I'll spare all the science stuff. Basically, there's a lot of research and development that needed to happen to make this whole industry work. Yeah. Like, hey, this is definitely a billion dollar idea if we could figure out how to make it work. So I left Facebook, uh, Wolfred left Google, and we invested our savings into uh, like a minimum viable product. So we literally, like, we made, like, our first pound and we're like, okay, we can make a pound linking the audio ad space to the, uh, to the gaming space. Then we can make a million pounds, maybe a billion pounds. And then we raised our first round off the back of that. So that's, believe it or not, the short answer as to how we came up with the idea. 
That's so fantastic. Honestly, I, I'm like obsessed with Shark Tank. So I absolutely love listening to entrepreneurs come in and check, um, sorry, what's it called, pitch their ideas. So like, listen to that. I was just like, I always find it so incredible that people like find like ideas and can actually execute them. That I'm not one of those people that can do that. So honestly, it sounds so amazing. And what, what are your main challenges, do you say, did, when you were pitching these ideas that people think like, mm, it's not going to work? Or what was the response? So I would say, and then this is a really important thing to remember, like early on in your journey. So for every good bit of news you may read about myself, co-founder Wilfred or, um, or Audiomob, every good bit of news, like four, 30 under 30, there's like a thousand no's before that for other awards and things that we applied to, or every uh, case study that we, we, we have, there was previously hundreds and hundreds of companies that we approached. And um, when it comes to the execution, um, you know, I, I like to believe, uh, I've got feedback that, you know, I'm a good founder, everyone likes working at the company, the company's growing very quickly. But there was a teething process in terms of systematically figuring out how to do everything a founder needs to do, from persuading people to work for you for free, to distributing the equity, to uh, running a marketing department, finance, HR. So it was, a, it was a long process of figuring out how to become that entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Uh, beginning, um, it's kind of like everyone was like, you know, this is an obvious idea. Why doesn't it exist yet? Surely someone have made it. So I used to get that quite a lot. And yeah. I go through dozens and dozens of um, VCs. Because you can always get into a room if you've got some credible experience and a good idea and you know how to pitch it in 30 seconds. You can get into a room with an investor. Um, you know, I started at hackathons and then I started just talking to every investor under the sun. And with every no that I got, I got a data point as to how to, like, what, what I'll need to gather in order to prove them wrong. And I did that um, again and again and again over many, many meetings in a short period of time uh, in order to figure out, you know, how to overcome that challenge. So the first one was this idea of simple. Um, if, it, if it was going to be built, someone would have built it already. And then I had to prove all the difficulties as to how, you know, an audio ad has never streamed into a mobile game before even though it's streamed in spotify yeah that's so cool and what what would what is the feedback of people that are using these apps like have you heard anything from them or what their opinions are on them yeah so um we did quite a lot of research um initially but we were able to as we had the funding we were able to structure how we were getting the research much better so um, first thing we did is we did loads and loads of surveys. We teamed up with um, a, a third-party independent research body uh, called YouGov. Uh, asked thousands and thousands of people, what do you think of video ads? What do you think of audio ads versus video ads? What do you think of in-app purchases? So there's little things you can buy in the game. Yeah. Game. Um, so there's all these like, things that, you could, uh, that we started asking the users. We started asking them um, their, their overall perceptions. And then that research came out on top audio ads came out on top and then we did some control testing right where we got uh two different cohorts one cohort had a game with a video ad implementation mm -hmm. the other cohort had the same game but with our audio ad implementation so this was quite early on in the the, the journey of audio mob and the stage that the technology was at and audio ads came out on top again it was insane like the the ad recall so the ability for someone to remember an ad was was uh, 100%. Wow. Uh, audio ads. Um, and then we've got qualitative feedback as well in terms of we can keep playing the game. We don't have to get blocked. All the things that we hypothesized before we even, you know, raise money. And then the last thing we did 
So we, we developed our own advertising platform. We brought that forward because shifting um, around the pandemic was a difficult thing to do. But mm. we brought an advertising platform so we could test it live in market. Mm. And exactly the same thing, like more users were clicking on the ads. The users weren't you know, getting disgruntled with leaving the apps that they heard these ads in. So, yeah, we did a lot of research and the user feedback has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm so happy to hear it. Obviously, congratulations to you and like the whole team. It's so, so brilliant to hear it. And does it work for all sorts of games? Or would you say that it's better on certain kind of game apps or across the board? Really, really good question. And um, initially, we thought it was only going to work in a specific kind of game. So like racing games, because you get radios in cars uh, and kind of non-story based uh, games. And what we're seeing is that it works across everything that we try and so there's um you know there's puzzle games there's racing games music oriented games pretty much everything and um the kind of users that are attracted as well um it's not just you know 12 year olds or whatever shooting zombies on, on the <laughs> game um it's everyone um like we we recently did i'm not sure if i'm allowed to mention the client right now but um they were targeting uh mums age 35 and over um uh, that potentially wanted to buy uh, nappies for children and you know targeting them in like word games and and um like sudoku and number games things like that so um it's really worked across every single game that we've tried on and every single uh kind of consumer vertical what's really interesting is um our ad platform we figured out a way of getting these ads into um uh, normal apps like like news reading apps and um, and communication apps like Kick. Kick's like a smaller version of WhatsApp aimed at 18 to 24 year olds. Um, okay. Apps as well. So it works across everything we've tried, um, I've tried it against. That's insane. See, the thing is, you, I, I see a lot of adverts and they do annoy me. And I would think that it doesn't matter the format, but it's crazy that you're saying not only did they were they able to recall what was said and what was happening, but it's actually just working across the board. That's, that's insanity. Yeah, so let's just say that uh, this is something I actually tell a lot of investors as well. Like me and Wilfred, we've come from a position of privilege where we have been trained by literally the world's best advertising companies, Google and Facebook, how to make the uh, intuitive platform, how to design the best algorithms. And we know that the way that we've designed um, the algorithms needed to target the users, non-intrusively without using personal data, but based on audio signals and how they're perceiving and listening to the, the, the ads, uh, we know, we know yeah. the best practices to do that. And yeah, it reflects, I guess, in the results and, and the growth that we're seeing right now. Honestly, I'm so, I'm not even just saying, you know, when I read it, I thought, I can't wait to speak to it because <laughs> I just think it's such... It's, it's kind of like, why has everyone done that yet? But you've just executed it and you've done it like so well. Massive congrats to all the success so far. But I need to ask you a serious question, right? Um, I mentioned earlier, sometimes people have ideas and they don't know how to execute it, right? And sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's maybe lack of experience. What would your advice be to someone who's maybe <clears throat> watching this and thinking, I have an idea, but I'm scared to take the step? What would your advice be? So that so yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. And when it comes to figuring out how to execute an idea, 
the reason that people are scared to take the jump is that they haven't done enough research. And that's completely fine. You just need to make sure that you do enough research and validate the idea before you take the jump. Like, you know, when, um, uh, and again, because I learned a lot about the advertising market and Facebook, like, it was a very, very obvious idea to me and Wilfred. So we, 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 when we left Google and Facebook, uh, we know we could always come back because, uh, you know, we were, we were uh, pretty good at our jobs. But um, for those that are, are scared to take the jump, when it comes to generating an idea, it's not a case of, you know, mm, that, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, let's kind of put your house on the line or your car on the line. <laughs> Get a, get a load and then go after the idea. Um, you need to talk to a lot of people. So a lot of people that come up with a really good idea that genuinely are good ideas, they will keep the idea close and try and do little bits of research. I know you tell people they trust. Tell absolutely everyone because the more people you tell, the more people that will ask questions as to why the idea is good or why it would work. And then you start really thinking in terms of those validation points. And there's people that you talk to that will be your friends and family. They will turn to in-industry experts, and then they will turn into uh, potential investors. And, and networking and like, you know, going to hackathons and things like that are really, really important to tell as many people as possible so you can then start getting feedback as to why the idea wouldn't potentially work. So that's, that's, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, and I wish I could tell my younger self this because I kind of waited a couple of years before I went to like my first hackathon or whatever, is... Um, like I, uh, back in the day uh, uh, um, at Kingston, I wanted to go into sales and trading, right? I didn't really want to uh, uh, go into the tech world at all. Then I got an offer from Google and things kind of transpired the way they did, thankfully. Um, I had no idea how to execute um, a startup at the beginning. Um, absolutely no idea. And I knew that I was a non-technical founder, so it's not like I could, you know, just create something out of thin air and then, you know, get investment and then loads of, like, users or something. And Can you see me again? Oop. Okay, great. Oh, you don't. You, you went for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, so the media, they love projecting, um, you know, startup successes. It's why I get a lot of people approach me saying, you know, oh, you know, things going great with Audible, but it is, but it took a crap load of work <laughs> to get to the point where yeah. we're executing smoothly. And um, it gave me a, a false sense of perception. Like I was thinking, oh, an idea is only good if, you know, you make a POC and then get some million users or something. So, and again, I was a non-technical founder, so it's not like I can make this myself. Uh -huh. So I started looking at things like, um, okay, Steve Jobs, one of the greatest uh, uh, minds of the century. He couldn't actually code. Yeah, he could create, uh, he could command respect from the greatest engineers that I've ever lived, arguably, right? So I started reading as to, you know, what did he learn? How did he start persuading these people? And then I started looking at uh, similar figures in terms of the ones that were, you know, these business magnets that couldn't potentially, you know, couldn't really code. I'm sure they could learn to, but they don't code. But yeah, they can command the respect and influence and bring in engineers to follow their dreams. So I looked in that, into that a lot. Then I went into uh, to hackathons and I started figuring out how to develop my own games again. It's a little bit of programming, but really it's like these blocks that you could open up, adjust the code, and then drag these blocks together to create the game, which is the software that I'll present to these engineers. So it was just through trial and error, I started looking at how key figures similar to me that didn't have the skill sets I need acquired those skill sets. 
And, um, you know, the, the, the short version of this the story is, again, I just go through trial and error. So you ask as many questions, tell as many people as you, as you can about this idea, and then you will start realizing where your skill gaps are. And then you relentlessly just try and fill as many of those gaps, get as many of those validation points as possible. And then it will soon become obvious whether the idea is worth taking the jump, um, the jump or not. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And Christian, thank you so much for like actually sharing your experience and your advice is honestly so helpful, especially if people really love to like tune into these lives, like hear about these different achievements. And obviously that it's not an easy ride. Um, you mentioned it, that you're now at full capacity, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. is next for you guys then? Like, amazing that you're there, but what do you have a plan for the future that you can kind of like tease for or are you keeping that close to your chest? So it's quite close to the chest now, but um, there are many large opportunities that we're exploring in order to expand the company. Um, so this is, you know, talking to much bigger clients. There's been a lot of speculation on whether we're going to raise money again. So we're considering lots of other options. So right now we're just structuring the company in a way where it's uh, almost autonomous, which mm -hmm. will be me and, and, and Wilfred the time to kind of explore these other like large opportunities. So we're definitely going to grow. It's just deciding what avenue we're going to take uh, to get to that le next level of growth. Because right now um, we are a startup, but we're shifting to a scale up. And with the scale up comes more clients, more revenue, more employees, etc. Amazing. Well, I wish you both the best of luck. I think this idea is so cool. Kind of like slap you in the face, kind of why didn't you think of this <laughs> So massive congratulations on what you've achieved and we can't wait to see like what, what happens with your company. Awesome, man. I was really, really appreciate it. It was lovely to meet you, Christian. Have a lovely day. Likewise. Take care. Great. Take care. Bye.